good. Hey, uh, good to see everyone this morning. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a, I'm gonna pick a dad just to come and come and pray, pray for us. So I, I reckon, um, I reckon. Hey, boys, do you want to come up and just, just lead us in prayer before I start, mate? That would be awesome. And we include grandfathers too. I'm just under, hearing my spirit, the word patience for fathers. And so Holy Spirit, we pray today that you would give us fathers patience. Patience firstly with our wives. Patience with our kids. That help us not to react immediately in the natural. But to go and say, Holy Spirit, what do you say? And I think many of us fathers need to forgive ourselves when we have acted quickly without thinking. We have um, found it much easier to turn over the kids to our wives and escape. And so today, Holy Spirit, we ask you that you give us patience and a real sense of the value of fathers, especially in this world. We are valuable to you. You created us that we may be ministers in our home to our families and our grandkids, and we bless you for it in Jesus and the Holy Spirit's presence. Amen. Amen. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Um, I'm good. My voice is good this morning, so I'm glad I'm... It's good Liam's not preaching. It's good I am. I got, I got home early on Tuesday night. I escaped. I got home at quarter past 12, which was great. So these guys were out till 4. 2.30, finished baptisms at 2.30, home at 4, and I was sound asleep like a baby. Come on. It was good. We had roots. I saw, I was, when I was leaving, I saw, I saw like a few, Dan, Rudy, all these guys at the tank just baptizing people, and it was just epic, epic night. So, hey, there's, I just want to read this, uh, if I can get it open. I want to read, this is uh, on, uh, on the Harvest, it's their, their page, but they just posted a testimony which I thought is encouraging. Um, and uh, it said, my seven-year-old, so this is a guy who shared his, his story on the, on the night. Um, my seven-year-old daughter, whom you met, was born with no hearing in her left ear. She was adamant that she wanted to get immersed on Tuesday night for Jesus to heal her ear. And that he did. She can now hear from both ears. She's so full of joy and said to her mum, now I know God is really, 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 really real. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Who is wanting everyone to come to him and be saved and healed. That's just epic. Come on. That's our Jesus, hey? Uh, there, was another, uh, there was another testimony on, on the night I was there and... I saw this uh, kid got out of the water, probably a 10, 12-year-old, 
and he was completely healed. It was of uh, it was either psoriasis or eczema. I don't know the difference between the two, but he was healed of that skin condition. So it's like, come on, come on, God's good. God is good, hey. And uh, and and I just think persistent faith is so important. Learning to endure in faith with the Lord is a key to the supernatural life, amen, to just living before Jesus and being, hey, God, I don't understand everything, but I know you're good, and I'm not going to let what I don't know affect what I do know about you. Come on. That's, that's, that's a phrase I often tell myself. I'm not going to let the mysteries and what I don't know and what I'm unsure of affect what I do know about the goodness of God, who God is, and His reality in our life. Come on. Come on. It's awesome. So anyway, just a quick announcement before I get into it. We have, uh, for those who don't know, we have no Jesus night tonight uh, because of Father's Day. So um, we're, Liam and I are going out for dinner, basically, so we can't... No, no. <laughs> no there's no Jesus night on tonight, so we'll be back, uh, we'll be back in a fortnight. Um, I had a few words. I don't often do this uh, like this, but uh, we, we have a prayer team that comes up at the end um, just to pray with people and just to help people with their breakthrough. And I want, if this speaks to you, I just want you to come up at the end. I'll probably forget to mention it at the end, so you need to remember. <laughs> Is that all right? So I, I saw just in worship, I saw addictions coming off people. So if there's people in the room and you're struggling with an addiction, whether it's, you know, I won't, actually I'm not going to explain it. If you're struggling with an addiction, I want you to come up and get prayer at the end. There's someone in the room and you're struggling to forgive. So there's just forgiveness. Someone's hurt you and you're really struggling to forgive and get over that and, uh, and just walk in love towards them. And uh, I want you to come up at the end for prayer if you can. And there's someone, and I just, I want to say this lightheartedly, because it's a bit heavier. But, um, but there's someone with a... You're very critical and judgmental of others. And I felt like you almost came today and you couldn't engage in the worship just because you were looking, you were critical, judgmental. What's this place like? What's this person doing? And, um, and hey, like, I, I just think, get that, get that out of your life. <laughs> it's not helpful for you. It's not helpful for other people. We need to learn to walk in love, hey? So if that's you as well, just come up at the end and get some prayer. Um, you know, the Bible, we don't often do this in Western culture, Western Christianity, because, you know, well, I just think we're quite proud. But the Scripture says that, that you know, God, God, God exalts the humble. So he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. And so we just need to learn, like, we just need to learn to confess our sins to people. Like, I'm all for that. Like, if you're struggling in an area of life and you need prayer, just come up. Just come up and say, hey, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've gotten it. I'm struggling with this addiction. I've got this. That there is, there is such power. See, the devil wants people to hide their sin and so that you hide in shame and guilt and condemnation. And I didn't want to preach on this, but I'm just going to go after this right now. There are people in the room and there are people that you know 
that are hiding in their sin because they're stuck in shame, guilt and condemnation. They don't want to share it and therefore they're not going to get free and they keep running around the mountain of shame, guilt, condemnation, sin, 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 trying in your own willpower to get free from it. Come on. Like I know this is heavy, but this is real. We need to go after this because Jesus died so that you would be free from sin. Come on. I mean, all right. <laughs> I'm just preaching the gospel. I know it can get weird, but like it can sound weird, but that's, that's the gospel. Come on. Um, anyway, so if that was relevant to you, come up, at, come up at the end for prayer. Come up at the end. And, and if you're worried that when you're coming up at the end that everyone will just think, well, you're the person coming up for that, let's just get over it. <laughs> like be courageous. Who, who, who God honors courage, and it takes a step of faith. We look all throughout Scripture, God honors the courageous ones. He doesn't honor the ones who shrink back and are fearful and are worried about what people think of them. Come on. So turn with me in your Bibles to Romans 8.14. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. I woke up to presents in bed. It was great. Hazel brought me some gifts. Well, Beck brought them, and Hazel brought them. Romans 8.14. Did you, do you want to hear a joke before we start? I never, I never do jokes, just so you know. And I heard it's a really bad joke. But, um, but anyway, I'm just going to share it. And if you're offended because it's a church service and I share a joke, well, just forgive me because it's Father's Day. Um, but I read, I read it. Lee and I, Lee and I were sharing jokes last night, reading them up and and anyway, what, what, I have to remember it because I didn't write it down. What, what, what does, what do you call a magician when they lose their magic? Ian. <laughs> Romans 8.14. I'll explain that joke at the end. Do you get it? Yeah. Bad. It's bad. That's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. So bad, I better take my jacket off. All right, I'm going to do one just to make up for that. No, no. Look at him go. Oh, we're having fun. Romans 8:14. Do I need to explain that to people, or did you all get it? You got it. Yeah, cool. Didn't understand. Yeah. Get someone to tell you at the end. Romans 8:14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. That fear is in your relationship with the Lord. So you're not fearful of God or of what he thinks of you. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself, so the Holy Spirit in me, testifies with my spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs, co-inheritors with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, I thought I'd leave this part out because no one likes to suffer, but I'm going to read it. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. What's he talking about? Persecution for the gospel. I consider, this is Paul talking, that our present sufferings, the things that I'm going through, 
the challenges that I'm facing are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. With the glory that will be revealed in us. In. In us. In other, in other words, God wants to glorify you. I know we often glorify the Lord, but it's completely biblical to say that the Lord wants to reveal His glory in you and glorify you. I consider that our present sufferings, I'm going to read it again, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the Lord to return. No. For the creation waits in eager expectation for us to have slick church services, really good worship sets. For creation waits in eager expectation for, for me to get a good job and just have a good Christian life. For creation wait Anyway, again. <laughs> it waits in eager expectation for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. In other words, there is an awakening, there is a revealing that has to happen in your life. Come on now. There's a, can I get preachy this morning? There's a revealing that has to happen in your life. There is an awakening of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And God is, is, is saying to you, you are a co-inheritor with Christ. So when last night you were sitting on the couch watching the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings, it's such an awesome movie, you're a co-inheritor with Christ. Come on. You are a co-heir with Him. In other words, God has placed you in the Son, in His Son. God the Father has placed you in His beloved Son, and you have now become a beloved son and daughter. His spirit of sonship now dwells in you. Notice it's a spirit of sonship because God wants mature sons and daughters on the earth. Come on. I, I was... The, the, gospel, the gospel is that you weren't a son or daughter and now you are. You were dead and now you're alive and now you're in the kingdom and now you have a good father. And now you come under the fatherhood of God. So what were you before you came under the fatherhood of God? You were an orphan. You were lost. You were broken. You didn't have a father. And so what the Lord does in our lives is when we get saved and born again, His Spirit comes into our spirit and testifies with us. So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Like, what's God saying to you today? What is the Lord saying to me? That's a good question to ask people in the room. God, what are you saying to me today? He, he's, he's testifying to you. He's witnessing to you that you're his child every single day. He's affirming his love for you. Every single day, God is affirming his love for you, for who you are. He loves you. I mean, can I just, I know this is, Simple for people. But God loves you. Jesus loves you. Like, it's amazing how you say this to people and it's like, yeah, I know. I was talking to a guy yesterday down the street. Jesus loves you. Yeah, I know. But I'm just going through this really hard thing. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Yeah, I know. If you don't get excited by that statement, 
you need to re-examine your heart and to see where you're at with the Lord. Because there is nothing greater than that truth, that you are loved by a good father. And if your spirit doesn't leap at that, then I would say go back to first love. We love because he first loved us. That's first love. Receiving God's love in your life is first love. And there's people in the room and you're shutting yourself off to a good father, to a father who loves you, who brings security to your life. Come on. There's a spirit of sonship in your heart and the Holy Ghost is testifying to you that you're a child of God, that he loves you. Oh God, I'm sick. I'm unwell. He loves you. God, I didn't have a good week this week. I sinned. I did this. He loves you. Come on. Come on. Like, who's had a good father in the natural? I've had a great father. I've had a great father in the natural. There is nothing more safe and secure than knowing that you are loved by a good father. The opposite would be people who experience not good fathers. And you would know that there's nothing more unsafe and scary than a not good father because fathers speak identity fathers speak wholeness into children fathers speak destiny and fathers bring protection and fathers bring provision come on and that is our god that is what he does for you working on that did you hear that thank you siri yeah that's what i feel like siri said i'm working on that please try again later that is hilarious that's right that's right the one time series come through for me so I'm, I'm i'm painting a fence with this young guy and we're painting this fence and i feel like i feel i'm tired it's been a long day and i'm painting a fence and you know i like doing trade stuff but it's not my favorite thing to do paint's going everywhere painting this fence with this young fella and i'm tired and i haven't had a coffee and afternoon but I'm a, I'm a co-heir with christ i'm seated with christ in heavenly places i'm his son so even though i feel like this faith says otherwise come on and i can either choose to live according to my feelings or according to faith that says i'm adopted into the kingdom of god i'm a child of god i'm seated with christ i'm a son I mean, I have an inheritance. I just think it's crazy that we have an inheritance, the same inheritance that Jesus has from the Father, we have. Come on. That's yours by legal right through a blood covenant. This is how I pump myself up in the day. <laughs> and so I was sitting there painting and this young guy, he's, he's, we're just talking and he's like, yeah, I see demons in my room. And that woke me up. I was like, oh, all right, here we go. We're on, we're on here, we're on here. And he's talking, so I start talking to him about angels and demons and the devil and God. It's about like a 20 minute, half hour conversation. And I said, this is, so I led this young man to the Lord and this is how, because I said to him, you will never have authority over demons. You will never have the ability to walk in power, to walk over them unless you are born again, unless you live in Christ and Christ lives in you. Come on. Come on. And this young guy is like, yep, I need, yep, I need God. I need Jesus. I'm in. I'm in because he realized his brokenness. He realized his fragility that he was getting tormented by demons and he needed the Lord. Come on. See, the gospel is a gospel of power. The gospel is a gospel of power. Yes, I love community. 
Yes, I love good structure. Yes, I love all, all the, you know, but the gospel is a gospel of power. And, and we need the Holy Ghost in our lives. Come on, we need him witnessing to us every single day that you're a son or daughter of God and you're walking in it. Can we get that? And I'm just thinking, man, like, Lord, you're so good. Like, this, here's this young guy being tormented. You, and God's in the conversation, touching his heart. You need Jesus. Bang, gives his life to the Lord. So special. While painting a fence. While painting a fence. Come on, some of you thought that you could never do anything supernatural for the kingdom of God because you're doing this, doing that, doing this. You can do it wherever you go. Come on. And there's too many people... And, and it's like you're trying to go, go into all these strategies and get all this wisdom. You're trying to go into the courts of heaven and do all this stuff. And Jesus just says, hey, just humble yourself and walk like a son. Come on. Like just walk in humility, realize who your God is, realize who you are, and begin to be fathered by him and live in it. Can we do that? All creation is waiting. Wow. I just, all creation's waiting for you, for you. Yep, for you. All creation is waiting for me. All creation is waiting for you. That's what the scripture says. Right? All right, this is Siri. Siri was on. It's like, you're waiting to get it. We're waiting to get it. Come on, there's people in the room and I'm laboring this because you're waiting to get it. You're waiting to get it to realize Christ in you, the hope of glory, how much God loves you. All righty. Romans 8:15. I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to read this in a very good translation. But this is helpful. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of not being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up in us, within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. God sees it as there's orphans and there's sons and daughters. And I don't know if orphans like a trigger word for some people or maybe people have experienced trauma around that. So you're just going to have to forgive me, but I'm going to use that term. I worked with a young guy who grew up in just such a broken family. And he went from family to family. Um, just... Like, got a great heart, but just, just broken. Just grown up in a broken home, just affected by trauma. Didn't have a, a good mum or dad. And, um, and I remember talking to him and telling him what his name meant. So yeah, I won't say his name, but his name meant leader of men. And I remember sitting there talking to him and he was sharing just about his life and his family. He's a, this kid like really, just really challenged in life. And um, 
I don't know where he's at at the moment, but he wasn't in a great place when, it, when I was with him. And I began speaking into his, his identity because kids need you to speak into their identity. Kids need men and women, but especially fathers, fathering them and speaking into their identity and calling out their destiny and saying, this is who God's called you to be. And so I began sharing with him the meaning of his name and I just began talking to him and speaking to his identity. But he couldn't receive it in his heart. And as I'm talking to him, he's just like, no, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And there, there is this orphan spirit in the world that will always come after people and affect people. And we've all seen the effects of what happens to kids when they grow up and they're not, they just grow up, grow up in broken homes, broken families, haven't, like the Lord can always restore and redeem and we see that, but we see the effects that it has on kids. And so what happens when we come into the family, into the kingdom of God, is that God wants to father us. God wants his fatherhood to be made known to our hearts because orphans find it really difficult to receive love and walk in wholeness and be secure in life. They find it really challenging and they become self-sabotaging. Has anyone ever done that? <laughs> like you self-sabotage, yeah? Because you don't know how to receive love and walk in love and so you think, I'm not good enough and so I'm going to self-sabotage my life to give me an excuse and affirm the fact that I'm not good enough in life. And we walk into rooms and we have to either make ourselves really, really known or we have to shrink really, really, really back, Right? And that's an orphan mentality. And what God wants to do when we get born again and come into the kingdom, He wants to father us. He's fathering us right now. And He's saying, hey, no more orphan mentality. No more orphans in the kingdom. Come on. You're fully accepted. You're loved. Amen? All right. And so Jesus, what did He do? He came to reveal a good father. He just came to show us that God's good, that he's a father who loves having kids. He's a father who loves his kids. He says, if, if you really knew me, you'll know my father, John 14, 7 as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I, I, like we need to understand how important this is. That God, Jesus came as fully God and fully man to reveal God as a Father. And not only a Father, but a Father who is good. A Father who loves us. A father who protects, provides, speaks identity and destiny into our lives. Come on. Some of us just need to see God as a good father. We need to shift our view of the Lord and realize that you're actually a really good dad who loves me, has the best intentions for my life, and you're now teaching me how to walk in it and get rid of any thinking, any believing that's like, nah, God, you're not good. God, you brought this in my life, this illness, this problem, this problem. You mustn't love me. Come on. Like, we need to slay that thing. You need to go after that in your life. 
If you're facing a challenge and a problem at the moment and you're questioning God, you need to go after that and slay that thing. Because he's a good dad. He's a good father who loves you and has his best for you. I know I'm being quite serious now, but I just want to hit this. I want to get this pierced into people's hearts today. Come on. So people were confused. Jesus came to reveal a good father. Why? Because people were confused about what God was like. Like, I know I'm being really simple here. I'm not going into deep theological thing like, don't, do we get that? Jesus came and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything I do for you is to reveal the Father. He did that because people had no idea what God was like. Under the law, under the old covenant, uh, uh, before the old covenant, Noah, Abraham, they didn't know what God was like. He's all powerful, he's almighty, he's creator, but is he a good father? You need to crush that in your heart. Come on. We need to settle our hearts on this, that God is good, that he loves you, that his spirit of adoption is in your heart, that you have full acceptance into him, into the kingdom of God, that you are a co-heir, a co-inheritor of all the promises of the kingdom. Oh, but I don't feel like it. Oh, but I'm struggling with this today. I get that. Struggles are real. But that does not change the fact that you are a co-inheritor. That everything that Jesus has is yours. And we're learning to walk in it. We're learning to pick up the promises of the Lord. We're learning to put them into our heart. We're learning to meditate upon them until they manifest in our life. Come on. So God's good. Like Jesus just said, hey, God's a good father. The leper comes to him. Will you heal me? Yeah, of course I will. Of course. What's God like? That's what the leper was really asking. I know you can do it, but will you heal me? I'm good. I'm a good father. The woman caught in adultery, right? Caught in sin, in adultery. And, G and Jesus says, hey, God's a good father. I forgive you. Go sin no more. Don't be condemned. Come on. So there's people in the room today and you're living in condemnation. And God's just saying, hey, like, get that off your life. <laughs> like, get it off. Stop living in it. You've been living in it for 10 years. Get out of it. Just step out of condemnation. Step out of fear. Step out of insecurity. There's people in the room and, like, and you're insecure and you always second guess yourself. And you hear from the Lord, but then you're like, oh, hang on, was that the Lord? Or you make a decision in your life, but then you second guess and second guess and second guess. That's insecurity. Come on. He's a good father. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... He's a good father. He loves you. He really, really loves you. you you're like, like, you can make decisions. Do you, do you know really good decision makers? Do you want to know the key to really good decision makers? Right? They believe that they make good decisions. It's a, you can, like, I can do the Steve Backlund, you can laugh at that, it's okay, we can laugh. Really good decision makers believe that they make good decisions. You, you know bad decision makers? They believe they make bad decisions. They don't trust themselves or God. They always second guess themselves. I just feel like that's a word for someone in the room right now. That you've you got decisions to make, but you don't believe you're a good decision maker, and so you're setting yourself up to make a bad decision. Come on. Come on. 
If the spirit of sonship is in your life, if the Holy Ghost lives in you, we have the mind of Christ, you can make a great decision. I trust you. I give you permission to make a really good decision this morning. Is that good? All right. I feel like I need to make another joke because people are just, come on. Don't, no, don't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's a bad decision. There's a story. There's a, <laughs> that's what I, it's like in school when your mate says something real quietly, you say it out loud and get all the credit. There's a story in the Bible, Judges chapter 11, and it's of a man named Jephthah. Jephthah was a, a judge. I think he was, I can't remember what line of judge, but you know the judge, so judge in Hebrew is the word shofetim, and, and it means the, he was an avenger. Come on, I know you thought that the avengers were the first avengers, but God sent avengers upon the earth. Come on. And Jephthah was an avenger. That's the word shofetim in Hebrew. It's a, he's an avenger. Judges weren't like sitting there doing nothing. They were getting stuff done for the Lord. They were slaying giants. They were overcoming the devil. Come on. And so Jephthah, uh, it says in Judges 11, just for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through it all, but it says that he was a mighty warrior and his, and his father's name was Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. And so he grows up in this family, but the sons, the legitimate sons, kicked him out because they're like, yes, we have the same father, Gilead, but your mother was a prostitute and they kicked him out of the family. A broken man, really gifted man, but really broken man because he doesn't have a father in life. And so he, he ends up being in this place, but he's a mighty warrior. He's the best fighter in Israel, right? And so in Judges uh, 11, let me read this, verse 29, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's. And I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. You know, orphans, when we come to God with an orphan mentality, we'll always make vows to the Lord that he's never asked us to make. We'll always do things that the Lord's never asked us to do. We'll always make promises that the Lord's never asked us to promise. And Jephthah makes this vow that I'm going into this battle. God, if you give me victory, you notice it says that the Spirit of the Lord was on him. If the Spirit of God's on you, you're already accepted. You're already approved. You're already loved. Come on. Like, like Jephthah didn't need to get God's approval if God's already sent his Spirit on him. But Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. And do you know what came out of his house to meet him when he got home from battle? It was his daughter. And he kills his daughter. He gives her two months. He says, you get two months of... She says, let me mourn for two months. And he kills his daughter because he made a vow to God that God never asked him to make. Come on. And then people are now walking along thinking that's what God's like. That's what happens when we live with an orphan mentality. We represent God in the wrong way. 
and we do things and we make decisions that's not of the Lord and then we say it's God. Nowhere in this scripture did God tell Jephthah to do that. Nowhere in this scripture. Come on. Like, can we go after this thing this morning? Can we go after it not just in our own lives, but in our families, in our community, in this region? Can we say, let's get after and slay this orphan mentality, this orphan spirit that would come against people, causing them to see God the wrong way and do really, really dumb stuff? Because <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I bet not... Uh... You can be full of God. Like, I, I can't remember who said this. I just laughed. It was funny. You can be full of God, but fully stupid. <laughs> Who's seen that? I've probably done that. And you do things for the Lord, and God's never asked you to do that. And you make promises to God. God, I promise I'll, I'll do this if you do this in my life. And God's like, that's an orphan mentality. That's the mentality of someone who doesn't see me as a good father, already approved, already fully accepted in the kingdom of God. Come on. All right. Whew. We went deep. We went deep for a second. In Genesis 3, so I just want to, who, who was the first orphan? The devil. Spot on. The devil was the first orphan because he got kicked out through his own pride and own sin. He was the first orphan. And so what does he come after people in? An orphan spirit. He comes after non-Christians, Christians in an orphan spirit, getting you thinking that God's not good. He's not a good father. I'm not accepted. I'm not loved. I'm stuck in sin. God must think I'm dirty. I'm stuck doing this. This is my past. God, uh, the, the blood of Jesus must not be powerful enough to redeem me from that. I've got this problem in my life. God's holding back from me. God's just withholding. If I could just beg God enough and get him to release it all, then I'll be free. That's an orphan mentality. The devil comes after people in an orphan mentality because if he can't stop you from going to God, at least he can get you thinking the wrong thing about God. So in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, when Adam sinned, so he comes after Adam and Eve with lies, right? We know this. He comes after them with lies. And he comes in, he questions them, they sin, and what do they do? They cover themselves, they run and hide, and they hear the Lord coming, and they hide from God. They cover themselves in fig leaves. Figs, the fig tree is always a picture of man's strength. So they cover themselves with their own strength, with their own shield. They are their own stronghold now. And they run from the Lord. In other words, a really, really, like if I'm, if I'm stuck in fear, right? If I'm fearful of God or I'm fearful in life, I'm probably running from the Lord. And I probably just need to, like, nah, this isn't right. Come on. God's a good father. What did God do? He goes after them. He comes to them, right? In other words, God is always our covering in life. But too many people, if we don't understand the fatherhood of God and come to him as a good father, what we end up doing is we try to cover ourselves with everything else in life. And I mean, <laughs> we just see the damage that does in the world. Come on, 
You see, the damage that happens when people are trying to cover themselves in everything else but the love of a good father. And so Adam and Eve are now walking in fear and insecurity. Insecurity is just you're trying to find security in the wrong thing. You're trying to find security in your finances. You're trying to find security in that relationship. You're trying to find security in your ability to read the Bible. You're trying to find security in how you look as a Christian. You're trying to find security in your church attendance. You're trying to find security in your job, in your workplace, how you perform, what you can do. Right? That'll, it'll last a bit. But who knows, when things get shaken in your life, that thing won't stand and you'll be left exposed. And the devil always wants to expose people. He'll always uncover, expose, bring fear, insecurity, worry, shame, guilt, condemnation. That's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. He hasn't changed his plan. It's really easy to overcome. Just sit there and say, God, whoo, I can feel his presence in the room. God, thank you that you're a good father. You love me. You've accepted me. I'm born again. I'm your child. I'm your son or daughter. I'm a co-inheritor in Christ. You approve of me and I rest in that. I'm going to stop performing. I'm going to stop striving. I'm going to stop worrying and I'm going to rest in your love. Come on, is this, is this ministering to someone today? Like, this is the gospel. This is good for people. This is just really healthy. Like, this will bring a lot of health to your life. Because you, you'll just, you wake up in the morning, you'll, have, you'll feel good about yourself. You'll be confident. You'll know God approves of you. You'll walk throughout your day and you'll see someone who's struggling and you'll just be able to pour out love upon them because you won't be so focused on yourself. You won't be so worried about how you look in front of people. And you'll just, you just be able to stand there and be like, hey, Jesus loves you. I love you. Can I pray with you? You'll have a financial thing come up and it'll be like, it's okay, God, you're a good father. You're a good father. You're going to provide for me. It's going to be okay. Like, who knows that, like, when you hurt yourself, you run to mum, right? Because mum puts a Band-Aid on you and nurtures you and does all that, cuddles you. Makes you feel good. But who knows that like when you need it when you need something done in life, like when like when this person's bugging you, or when when you need just like when you need someone to tell you who you are and just to pick you up and be like dust you off and say, Come on, get going, you go to dad. Come on. Like, all right, no one's ever done that. Cool. <laughs> you go to dad. Cause dad, dad's like Dad's flipping awesome. Like when I was growing up, dad's, dad's awesome. I'm riding motorbikes. I'm doing all this stuff because dad's doing it. And like we, we need to loosen up and we need to realize that we are in the kingdom of God with a good father who's led and paved the way and now he's showing us how to do it. Come on. Come on. Man. At least I'm having fun. That's the main thing. That's the main thing, isn't it? You know what? I'm I'm just I'm going to go I'm going to go straight into this. We're almost done. 
I want to read these things out. I want to get really practical. Can we do that? Because fathers are practical, right? This is, I've written some things down and we'll finish on this. I'll tell a little thing and then we're done. I've written these things down because this is, this is a sonship, how, how God wants me to think as his son or daughter. And then this is how orphans think, right? And so, so the rather, in these statements, I'll, I'll say how a son thinks rather than, and the rather than is the orphan. And, and if you just, if, if like that, the orphan relates to you, just trade the thought in. Just let truth smash that lie, okay? Have we got that? So this is, I'm going to read these out. They're very practical, and I just, I just want to do this. I just feel like this is really healthy. They're very, very practical, all right? But these are ways that sons think that we're called to walk in, okay? So we see God as a good father who empowers us rather than a master who is withholding from us. We let God protect us rather than trying to protect ourselves. We are secure in ourselves and are vulnerable with others rather than being insecure, closed off and fearful of what people think of us. We forgive and let go rather than holding on to unforgiveness and hurt. We trust God's justice rather than trying to take justice into our own hands. Our value and approval comes from our loving Father rather than our value and approval coming from what we can do. We run to God when we sin rather than run from God. We know we are already blessed and favoured by God and live from this reality rather than trying to earn God's favour and blessing. Our value and honour towards people is based on how God sees them rather than based on how they act towards us. Do you want me to read that again or are you good? <laughs> read that again? No, it's all right. There's more, there's more that'll get you. We constantly look to bless other people rather than judge other people. Oof. Sit in that. We trust in God's goodness and take faith risks, right? So, that, so that's, how, that's how God calls us to live as his children. We trust in God's goodness and take faith risks rather than fearing failure and being critical of those who are living by faith. How often do we do that? How often are we critical of people who live by faith, who step out in faith and are doing something for the Lord and we sit back and we think, oh, yeah, they probably should have done that. They probably should do it this way. Oh, that probably lacks a bit of wisdom. Come on. Come on. Sons don't think like that. Sons don't think like that. We look at what we can give the world rather than what we can get from the world. All right? I mean, you've got a whole kingdom within you. Just release that. <laughs> we look at what God has blessed and enter into it rather than trying to get God to bless what we are doing. 
We love what God loves and hate what God hates rather than living in compromise. Our perspective is God and kingdom-centred rather than self-centred. We live in humility and empower others rather than living in pride, competing and stepping over others. We take responsibility for our problems. Oh, this one's going to hurt. Oh, just get ready. Loosen yourself up. We take responsibility for our problems rather than blame other people. We are led by the Spirit rather than being led by the pursuit of success. Come on. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Come on. We enjoy the generosity. Oh, I'll say this one slowly. This is good. Is this okay? All right, cool. Uh, like either people are getting really convicted, really bored, or it's just good. <laughs> we enjoy the generosity of God rather than feeling guilty. So many people I know where God's generosity has shown up in their life and they feel guilty for it. They feel bad. What will other Christians think of me because God provided 20 grand for me? And they feel bad about it and they don't tell people. That's, that's an orphan mentality. Sons and daughters walk boasting in their father, boasting not in themselves, but in the goodness of their God. Come on. People in the room right now, you, you're living in guilt and it's blocking you from receiving the generosity of God. I'm just going to say that. People in the room, you're, you're living in guilt and it's blocking you from receiving the generosity of God. Come on. Let's, let's just receive his love today. We see spirit, we're almost done. We see spiritual disciplines as leading us into intimacy with God rather than tasks to be done to be a good Christian. I'll read that again because Liam said it was good. Come on. We see spiritual disciplines, because it is good, as leading us into intimacy with God rather than tasks to be done to be a good Christian. Can I just, all right, I'm just going to hit this really quickly. There are people and you are bored of your prayer life. And there are people and you actually come to pray and you're like, I can't be bothered praying. You're not, God's not boring, you're boring. Come on. You need to shift, you need to switch the flip. Come on. You need to switch the flip. God's not boring. You're being boring. You're approaching it as a chore. You're approaching it as a task to be done. You're approaching it as some spiritual discipline that will help me be a better Christian. No wonder why you get bored of doing it. No wonder why you get burnt out. Why don't you see it as time to be with the Lord, as God, you're loving on me, I'm loving on you, I'm growing in intimacy, and you're going to actually show me how to do things in life. Come on. Ah, there you go. We got there. We see the future through hope and victory because God is with us rather than through fear and worry. And we rest in the security of our Father's presence and word. Come on. I just feel that in the room. There's, there's people and you needed this today. I needed this. God's a good father. He loves you. We don't need to walk in fear and insecurity. You don't need to be worried about your future. You don't need to be like, like you, you can wake up tomorrow 
and you can reign in life through the one man, Christ Jesus, because you're a co-inheritor with Christ. You're his son. You have the spirit of full acceptance in your life. And if you didn't have a good natural father, God is a father to the fatherless, and he wants to father us today. Come on. And so I'm going to finish. Let's stand. Let's stand. And I'm going to finish on this scripture. I want to read this over us again. And those things, those things I said at the start, which I can't remember, <laughs> there was addiction, unforgiveness, those things, if that was you, you can, at the end, just come up, just walk up, right? If this message just hit your heart and you're like, yep, I'm struggling with insecurity, I'm always worried about what people think about me, I'm fearful of my future, whatever it is, come up for prayer as well. That's completely fine. You're allowed to do that. Romans 8.15, I'm going to read this again. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of not being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within you, your spirit joins him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are, my, you are God's beloved child. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would come and make the fatherhood of God so real to us. Lord, we often pray for physical healing, but I pray this morning as well for the healing of hearts. Father, I pray that you would immerse people in your love. God, I pray for people whose hearts are hard because of trauma, because of what they've grown up in, and they're struggling to have intimacy with you. They have the wrong view of you. Lord, I pray right now that this week you would invade their world with your love. Father, I pray for humility and repentance to come upon people, to come upon my life, God. That Holy Spirit, you would touch us with your heart. You would break us. You would, you would break our hearts with humility and love and realizing that you're so good. I pray that this church will rise up in a revival of the goodness of God. Come on, church, just pray with me for a second. I pray that we would rise up in a revival of God as a good Father. If you pray in the Spirit, let's just pray in the Spirit just for, just for 30 seconds. That God, we would know you as a good Father, that we would be a community that represents you as a loving Father who is here to love the hell out of people. Father, we pray for our community and our families, God. I pray for the perfect love that drives out fear to hit people as we walk this week, Lord. We pray, God, for communities, for, for, uh, for sporting clubs, for schools, for our workplaces, Lord, that your love would pour through us. The good love of a father would touch a people so radically that people around us 
would be made whole through your love, God. We pray for that Holy Spirit this morning. We pray for it, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. And for people who have grown up without a, without a good dad to represent God well, I pray, God, that you would be a father to them, that they would know the fatherhood of God so deeply this morning. Thank you, God.